You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hey, thanks, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction. Welcome to Leaf Sky, Episode 27, Season 3. Jim Taddy with you for the next 20 minutes or so. Our special guest today is Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun, talking about the Leafs not taking the opportunity to eliminate the Tampa Bay Lightning Thursday night in Game 5. Before we get going, light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's the code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, under the hockey story, opportunity missed. There's no question about that. Leafs scored the first goal in Game 5 and then had a response from Tampa seconds later and really never recovered. Didn't really see the A game from the Leafs in that Game 5 performance. You were hoping that they could just efficiently take care of business, but no, no, that's not the Leafs story. They have truly revisited the scene of the crime and hope to get it done Saturday night in Tampa. If that doesn't happen, the dreaded Game 7 jinx will be recalled quite easily. What does all this mean? Well, we don't know. Uh, You know, you look back in the series, they won three games in a row, two by overtime, so they were due for something negative to happen, and boy, did it ever on Thursday night. But they can bounce back. The difference between this Leafs team and ones in the past is there are extra players in the roster. People can be deleted from the roster, and those that haven't played can be inserted, and hopefully that makes the difference. There's no question about it. The goaltending's got to be better than it was in Game 5. Here is our conversation with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. All right, Terry, here we go again with the uh, blown series lead opportunity. They could have closed it out Thursday night, did not. I'm not really that harsh on them, are you? Not really. I, I, there's still, having said that though, Jim, there was still a disconnect last night among them, and you're, you're, you're again left to wonder why that's happening in a, in a game where if they win, they could move on. But, uh, you know, I thought the effort was fine. It just, the execution wasn't. And they have to get that right, obviously, Saturday night. Starts in their own zone, the breakouts and all that sort of thing, and being connected as five. But, uh, you know, um, we keep saying we'll see what this team is made, really made of, and we'll get another look on uh, Saturday night and have no, uh, another opportunity to see that. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're the least problem, again, is their history lesson, and it, it just fits into a very bad narrative. Uh, and you can go down that road, and nobody would fault you for doing it. Uh, but when I look at this series, I, I tend to look at uh, a part of seven series as uh, there's plenty of ways for it to even out. Now, the Leafs, I'm going to say, got away with two overtime wins because they had to rally in both cases. And if you're on the Tampa side, you're thinking, well, Tampa could have won this series in five games, let alone still be trailing three to two. You, you could easily spin that around, couldn't you? Oh, you're sure you could. Like, there's no doubt that, um, you know, Tampa Bay has been the better team in four of the five games, Jim. 
you know, minus the uh, the seven, what was it, seven two or seven three, the the, the Leafs win in game two, um, seven two, I guess. That's that's been the one night that the Leafs have been that much better, and really they haven't they've been, they've been at, they have been at times in the other four games, but overall, uh, Tampa's been the better team, and and here they are going home now trying to stay alive. So, I, I guess the positive in that, I suppose, is that. The Leafs haven't played their best hockey, um, so you, you see there's potential for that. The other side of that coin is why haven't they been able to? And it's what Tampa's doing, and a relentless forecheck, and you know, not only that, but not making sure that things in the neutral zone are, are difficult for the Leafs. And th- th- what has to be tough now too, Jim, for the Leafs is, and again, keeping in mind they're up three two in the series. We saw what worked for a lot of those goals in Tampa. Uh, you know, he takes Vasilevsky's eyes away. He suddenly becomes just another national hockey goalie. Well, Tampa did a, did a better job Thursday night of not letting the Leafs get into the middle in the offensive zone when they were there. And as a result, Vasilevsky played his best game of the series. So, you know, I think that's the one thing the Leafs have to get past here is is, is kind of the knowledge that they haven't been the better team, yet still lead 3-2. So take some positives out of that and use those to your advantage in, in, in Saturday. I think they'll come out well Saturday. I, I, I just have that feeling about them. I know we keep saying different team, but when you add the Awadis and Shens of the world, I, I believe it is that. But like I said, they still have to go improve it now. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and I think maybe if you had to do one difference between the two, and I think you, you didn't use the word, but you said it, um, Tampa is, is defending well, and the Leafs are not really defending, are they? No, and, uh, you know, if you want to boil it down to the pair of Mark Giordano and Justin Hall, uh, that they haven't been good. But overall, you know, you, it's, you go after a couple of guys. I think Hall's been on the ice for 14 goals against, nine of those at five on five. Giordano's been on the ice for eight goals, five on five. Uh, not good. But uh, the fact of the matter is, um, you know, uh, like I said, especially last night, as, as five, uh, you know, the one thing, one, one, one area the Leafs were so good in during the regular season, Jim, was that the five played as five, uh, and we didn't see that last night. Like that connectivity wasn't there, and that leads to kind of chances in the ta- in the offensive zone, but not really. And you know, they're just so it goes all the way down the ice. Defensively, they have to be better. On the forecheck, how do you do that if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, if you're the forwards, you got to impede the Tampa forwards a little bit more. you got to help the D out that way. Be a lot tighter, get back, be below the hash marks, do whatever you have to do you know, along the boards. But like I said, the positive is we've seen this. We've seen it out of this team. Now they just have to go and do it. Yeah, and, and, you, know, you, and you can't dwell too much on what didn't happen on Thursday night, although I will say there was a pretty good contrast in both goalies. Uh, as you said, Vasilevsky finally showed up and, and was the guy that we expected. And at the other end, uh, Samsonov on, on the uh, eyes amount goal, I mean, that was a nothing play. There was nobody he could pass to it, and yet he was playing the pass. It was just completely awkward, and it was a huge play in that game. Yeah, you know, I, I would say it's given the circumstances and, and what's on the line, it's, probably, it's the worst goal he's given up all season. Because nothing, nothing in the in the regular season matters, uh, you know, or mattered at the end because we knew they were where they were going to finish. And in that situation, Jim, that's just a, a bad goal to allow, and that, that shouldn't win. There's no reason for that puck to go in. 
So that, of course, changes the, the tenor of the game now. You know, that coupled with the, the other the other factor, I think, was big last night. You know, Tampa scoring 25, 26 seconds after Morgan Riley made a one nothing Toronto. Yeah. So you don't block, you don't you don't you don't get you don't clear the front of the net properly and all these sorts of things. Uh, Samsonov is going for a swim on that one. But to your point, the goaltending of the team that has won the cup twice in the past three years and been in the final the other time was better on game five. And now, now that it has been, and we've seen that it, it can be, and we figure that it was going to be at some point. That's a concern for the Leafs going into game six. Is that that mental side of it now? How do we solve Vasilevsky? And we know how good Tampa's been at home. I know the Leafs won down there twice, but the games could have gone either way. But that goaltending now is an issue the other way, where Vasilevsky wasn't great before. Now he is, and the Leafs have to uh, ensure that that doesn't creep into their heads in the next 36 hours. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, you know, as things are said in the media, and it was a pretty good detailed description of why Vasilevsky would have struggled before. Adjustments are made. These aren't stupid people. They know what they're doing. Adjustments were made, and they allowed him to play the, the game that he's capable of. Uh, what would scare me if I'm a Leafs fan is is the timely goals that Tampa has got throughout the, the course of the series, uh, early goals, goals at the end of periods. Uh, now, they've got a, a nice assortment of those, don't they? They do. And, you know, if you wanted to come back at it and say, well, you could say, well, the timely goals come in overtime as well. But, True. you know, this, now having said that, though, you're, you're right. And this is why we're talking about the series going to the sixth game. And, the, and uh, it, it, you know, you kind of I think you, you kind of throw the first two games out, Jim, of the series because they were so lopsided one way and uh, then the other way the following two nights later. But since, I mean, you know, last night really is, is I think what we're talking about here. Like I said, scoring, responding right away. You know, all the least have to do is play a little safer in that ensuing minute or so. So you ensure that that doesn't happen. Get yourself out of that. Keep that slow going, the momentum going. Well, that doesn't happen. And then, like we talked about, the goal that, that Samsonov uh, gives up to Isumont, it just, um, yeah. <laughs> Again, it's rare. And that's one thing to take of it. From the Samsonov allowing that second goal, that those things just don't happen. But again, this is a team that, you know, Nick Paul, Jim, when was the last time he scored before last night? It's, it's been forever. And, you know, Alex Kalorn, uh, you know, was having, didn't score in the playoffs last year. And now he, he's, you know, he gets an empty net one last night. So he's, he's coming alive a bit, but, um, you know, the, I look at more as a one game issue as far as that goes, because at least they get those overtime goals. But uh, again, it's something for them to, to leave in the past. Uh, you know, once they you know, do their prep meetings today and then step on the ice tomorrow night. Yeah, it's uh, some wacky stuff. What's different for me is uh, they can actually make some lineup changes, which I mean, if you went back over the over the years, they didn't have a lot of flexibility that way. But Bunting can come in, don't know exactly where he plays. Hall yep. can go out. Uh, there, I mean, there's depth here. So I don't know what to look forward to that way, but you might have a thought on that. Well, I, I, I think the Bunting has to get back in. I don't think there's any there's any question about that. And you know, Sam Lafferty could come out and, and no one, you, I don't think the Leafs would miss a beat. And, you know, I hate to say it because he's been a good Leaf all year and he works hard every shift and, you know, earned a contract at a camp. But Zach Astler, he's going to be put in that same category. You know, you uh, you put Bunting back in. You, He's a guy that can play anywhere in your lineup, I think. Um, I think, but having said that, though, I, you could use probably some of that offensive thrust that he brings, the 20-plus goals. Um, so he comes. I, I, I think that's a no-brainer. You know, you, there there'll be no reason, Jim, 
on what grounds could could Sheldon Keefe leave him out now for for Game Six? People want to talk about the discipline in that, I guess. But the fact of the matter is, you know, Bunting has been fairly disciplined, and and yes, he does take penalties, but drawing them as well. And I, I think he's done a you know a, a good job of towing that line this year. And it just so happens he put the Leafs into trouble in, in Game One. But uh, you got to get him back in for the other things he brings. And then on the blue line. This is where I think the, the decision is going to be pretty fascinating because Justin Hall hasn't been good. We all know that. Timmy Lilligren now, if if that move is made where he comes in and you put him with Jordano, they've, they've played together in the past, done well together. Uh, you know, is there – how long does it take for him to get caught up in a game that the Leafs – if the Leafs win, they go on? I mean, five games, you look at it, go, that's a small sample size. But the fact of the matter is – it's five. It's five playoff games that uh, you know everyone has played, and, and they know the pace. They're into it. They're hitting the ground running tomorrow night off the first shift. How long does it take Lilligren to uh, to play catch up, if you will? But like you say, Jim, the Leafs like the, the Leafs have, have told us time and again how deep they are, the most depth they've ever had. When you say this is the most depth we've ever had, it's not just the player going in. You would then say, you then assume that that player going in can make those adjustments quickly. You have that trust in him. He's mature enough to do it. And I think that's, you know, the decision that ought to come down to with Lilligren. Do I think you can do it? I think you can. Um, you know, but uh, something has to change on the blue line. There's just no doubt about that. And, and the, the, the way that that has to happen, I think, is that you do make a change there. And, you know, it's not a panic move either. Let's, let's make that clear. You know, a panic move would be uh, if, if, if everyone was playing kind of well on the blue line and that really wasn't an issue. You still lose the hockey game. Holmes, you or Dan are making it work five on five. Make that move and see what Lilligren can do. Yeah, or I mean, do you put Gustafson in instead of Lilligren? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. No, I think you go with Lilligren. I, I, I just think there's probably a little more trust there. You know, I could be wrong on that, but and the other, the other, the other factor in that too is, and again, you know, we don't the least like to put some stock into this. Is your 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 t- if you if you do the haul for Lilligren stretch, you're taking out a righty and putting in a righty, right? So yeah. you, you have that part of it as well. But I, I think it would be a little bit. But we'll see. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get an indication, you know, Friday, probably more of an indication Saturday. You know, Keith might, might, might want to reveal his hand, but my, my gut would tell me it would be a little bit if that change is made. Well, I mean, it's a different look back there with him. I mean, then you've got some, some puck moving upside, uh, exactly. and it's a different different kind of guy. And with bunting, you've got pushback, whether it's uh, physical or, or verbal. I mean, there, there's a, there's an abrasiveness there that, that they could use as long as it's reined in. You don't want it to become a flashpoint. No, of course. And like I say, you, you have that abrasiveness with touch around the net. Lafferty doesn't have that, not not to the degree that bunting does, and Zach Aston Reese certainly doesn't either. So, you know. Listen, Jim. Put it this way: If, if, if Bunting, if Bunting um, hadn't been suspended in, in Game One, we, we, it's all it's hypothetical. I get that, but can you foresee why he would have come out of the uh, lineup for any other reason in the following games? I can't. Wouldn't happen. No. The guy started. No. I started the series on the left wing on the top line, Jim. So that tells me he's a good hockey player. They know that he's a good hockey player. We're not. We're not talking about a fourth liner. You're looking at the good at teeth. Going, oh God, is this going to work or not? The guy's a top six. Get him in. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's let's wrap it up this way. I mean, regardless of of who we're talking about, it still comes down to in the elimination game, the big guys have to be the big guys, don't they? Correct. Correct, Mundo. Definitely. And, and, you know, 
can Austin Matthews use the late goal in game five to, to as a little springboard? Um, perhaps, but, you know, I, I think everybody starts with a clean slate. But those guys have to be those players. I mean, Tavares has to bring more if he can. Melander for sure. Uh, but, you know, the list is short. It's, there's four of them. And Martin and Matthews are in the same boat. Uh, you know, again, Marner's point at the end of the series won't look too good if the Leafs don't move on, right? And yes. the ditto for Austin Matthews, obviously. So we know it's there. Just look at the video of game four. Look what happened in the third period. Austin Matthews said, uh-oh, we're going to lose here. Time to, uh, you know, do some things and, and ensure that that doesn't happen. And he went out and did it. So I, I don't know the, the mentality, Jim, is if, can, can that, is a greater chance that happening only when your back is against that proverbial wall. Maybe there is. But the Leafs have to find a way, starting with those players, to dictate better off the opening draw in game six. And listen, we, we'd be questioning it if we hadn't seen the comeback in game four and who led the way. But now that we see yeah. it, you look at it and go, it's happened. Here's the proof. It worked. Try to find it in within yourself to be that player from, you know, the first minute tomorrow night. Yeah, I just think it's uh, the, like they're they're in the ultimate corner now. Uh, and yes. Just based on, on the history lesson, and I think we, we both have stated we, we like the Leafs to win this in six, but if it doesn't happen, I mean, the uh, the, the fallout could be somewhat catastrophic. And, and that that's a narrative that you, you can't ignore, but you have to sort of put it on hold until after game six and, and perhaps after game seven. Well, for sure. And you know what? If they don't win game six, then, you know, everything is off the board, obviously. Now you're right back to square one, and there's no doubt Tampa Bay has the advantage going into game seven. So you absolutely don't want to give a free time sometime <laughs> that opportunity. You just don't, right, Jim? I think there's 11 players yeah. in the Tampa lineup to start the series who won the Cup two years ago. So, or sorry, three years ago in 2020. So it's not just one or two guys. And that's the other, this one maybe the last thing I'll say about all that is the, the thing that I find interesting with all this is like, I mean, you and I have talked about it. At least like to discuss their, you know, the, the lessons learned and, and the, the, the maturity of, of losing in the first round so many times, the cores, 0-10 in elimination games, and this makes, this makes us stronger. Well, I'm taking Tampa Bay's scars from winning the Cup twice and going to the finals the third year over that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. No doubt. So they've got that intangible, if you will, advantage. Yeah, I just I always thought that when this series started, it would be either this series or the next series or maybe both, um, yeah. that they would have to revisit their, their ghost from the past. And, and that's where they are now. I, I think that's the only way that, that you go on to bigger and better things is you get put back in the same situation, but this time you solve it. Does that make any sense? Yeah, for sure. But you better solve it in game six. Oh, yeah. Because now, now you're just... What did Mitch Marner say? Putting shambles in our brains last last fall or something like that. That's what's going to happen in the hours that follow Game Six to lose. And you know, if, if you would argue that okay, well they can handle it now. Well, they haven't. They won't have shown it because they will have lost two in a row when they could have won. So, you know, it's one of the. It's, it's a, like we say, Jim, believe it when it happens and when you see it. And uh, you know, a lot of people are holding their breath right now. Terry, thanks very much. Appreciate it.
Thanks for having me, Jim. All right, just before I look at these split yes guy, no guy, consider this. Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely should not sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want to when you want to without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would for one of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy-now, pay-later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product production insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and a flat fee international shipping rate. And they have over 50,000 five-star ratings. Now, that sounds pretty good to me. Here is the call to action. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. Last minute of play in this podcast. Thank you, Mike Ross, for that time warning. Time now for a lickety split. Yes, guy, no guy. Yes, guy, no guy, number one. 60-minute game is required. Oh, oh, yes, guy. Please, from start to finish, control your fate, guy. Please. That's an emphatic yes, guy. Yes, guy, no guy, number two. It's on the core players. Oh, yes, guy, it is. They have to speak up. They're driving this thing. Time now to bring it to a happy conclusion. New experience for sure. And yes, guy, no guy number three. Deja vu all over again. No guy, not at all. There should be enough scar tissue here and enough experience and enough new players to push this thing forward. I stand by my prediction. The Leafs in six. Thanks for stopping by and downloading episode 27 of Leafs Guy. Hope you come back next week for episode 28.